Welcome back to Morning Trade Live. Let's continue to talk a big picture around the world and how the short-term conflicts and drama and headlines coming out of Russia might affect the rest of the world's economic outlook. Jeffrey Kleintop is joining us from Charles Schwab, the Chief Global Investment Strategist. Global being the key word here this morning. Uh, Jeff, it seems like in your analysis, uh, you are relying on the energy markets as well to kind of guide your assessment of uh, what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, that's right. Looking at a lot of the, the, the big picture here, because that's really where a lot of the stress on the global economic system can come from a development like this. We often see the, the transmission mechanism through energy prices. And you know, it, it's interesting this morning, when we take a look at natural gas futures in Europe, they're up, but they're only up a little bit. They're up nowhere near where they were back in December or even back in the late summer where there were uh, concerns about Russian supply and, and spikes there. So we're not seeing any type of dramatic contagion, at least not yet, affecting Europe through energy prices. We're not even seeing uh, credit default swaps in Ukraine blow out to any, to any major degree here. Where we are seeing a lot of uh, fallout from this is likely within Russia itself. Russian stocks have plunged. Usually they track oil prices very, very closely. They are absolutely in free fall. I'd say they're 50, 60 percent below where they could be uh, if they continue to just track oil prices. I'd also note the Russian ruble has gotten absolutely hammered here, will likely continue to do so, and Russia's economy likely headed into recession. But I'm not seeing that elsewhere. You know, we just got the PMI data yesterday for Europe, absolutely booming numbers, not really showing any even slowdown from Omicron. And I don't think we're going to see much of a spillover from this either, although notably it's still early and we haven't seen the full extent of European or US sanctions. Okay, so this uh, sell off that we're getting which, by the way, anybody can uh, see just uh, through the ETF, actually, the Russia ETF RSX. Uh, you'll have to look uh, intraday because we haven't opened up uh, trading yet, obviously, but um, ticking to a new low there. Uh, to your point, uh, big, big uh, sell-off over the last, uh, now if we call it kind of uh, 48 hours of, of trading, down about 25%, even as all the energy stuff goes the other way. Uh, it suggests that... Russia's, at least from an economic perspective, shooting itself in the foot with this whole thing. I mean, that's not a hard, yeah. that's a fair, right? This is what markets do. <laughs> it tells us something. That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, there's a cost for this, and, and that's where the cost is being borne. And there might be a, a few other smaller spillover effects, but this is really the major effect. We're seeing Russia really getting punished, um, and not just here in terms of the, the ruble and, and Russian stocks, but even in terms of maybe concerns about supply of palladium. Palladium prices are up. Russia's a big supplier of palladium, suggesting there might be supply disruptions there. Another way in which Russian exports might be hit. Russia's likely headed for, a like I said, a, a recession on this and, and certainly have already seen a bear market. But the rest of the world, uh, again, it's early. We'll have to see, but we're not seeing the same type anywhere near the same type of fallout again in terms of the usual transmission mechanisms. And in fact, the markets today are absolutely textbook. Seeing you know European stocks up today, US futures flat. You know, I think back to 2008 when Russia accused Georgia of attacking pro-Russian separatists and launching a full-scale invasion of Georgia, which Russia called a 
peace enforcement operation and recognize the independence of Abkhazia and South Ossetia from Georgia. Very similar scenario. What did stocks do that day? They were up in the US, in Europe, and the emerging markets. Similar thing we know looking back at 2014, we all know about that story about the invasion of Ukraine. What did stocks do? They fell slightly, rebounded within days. This is a textbook reaction in the markets to this type of geopolitical event. Okay, so um, we see that it's uh, definitely making uh, some uh, waves and uh, particularly assets linked directly to Russia uh, and then uh, perhaps are swinging us here and uh, some of the indecision by U.S. investors and futures uh, overnight as we're now a uh, little changed, uh, maybe about a half a percent. Uh, we'll see what happens at the open here. But Jeff, uh, does it point to uh, broader catalysts uh, for regime change that you've been talking about for about a year to date? I mean, aren't we generally doing better uh, outside the U.S. than in the U.S.? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, this has been, uh, what, six of the seven weeks this year, we've seen international markets outperform those in the U.S., both in emerging markets and developed markets as well. And I know this looks like an international risk and a reason to come closer to home with your assets, but I don't think that's actually the case. I think that, this, if anything, this reinforces what we're seeing, which is still pretty strong growth in Europe, backed by very policy, a very uh, strong policy backing. Remember, we've got fiscal stimulus and monetary stimulus continuing in Europe. Uh, uh, the combination we're not seeing here in the U.S. And that's likely to remain in place, maybe even be bolstered by some of this, uh, particularly from Germany, which may con be concerned a little bit about its energy supplies and may add a little bit more stimulus. But that's the kind of thing that we're seeing here in the backdrop. And remember, that's the big picture here. What's going on the uh, on in the economy, which is really booming in above average growth, both in Europe and elsewhere around the world. And then the policy environment, which we know has shifted a little bit more tightening here in the U.S., but remains still pretty uh, pretty uh, a foot to the floor uh, in terms of that gas pedal in Europe. And that's the important backdrop. That's 90% of what you need to know here when it comes to investing. Geopolitics, certainly this uh, invasion of, of, of Ukraine or pending invasion is something that was on my top list of 2022, but that doesn't mean hmm. you need to take defensive action in your portfolio around it. It's something to be aware of, but it's that backdrop that's so important, something you've reinforced, Oliver. I like that point. And it, um... It uh, rings truer coming from someone who actually had it on their radar uh, coming into this year as uh, everyone else has turned expert in the last about, oh, 10 days or so. Uh, so when you had it on the radar, but then also saying that, look, this is even as it's materialized is not the biggest story. Uh, what should we be then uh, focused on, Jeff? And, you know, obviously, if this boils over into something that, that gets uh, uh, different parties around the world involved, OK, that's one thing. But as of now, then where should we uh, focus our attention. You know, this week, I'd focus your attention on the consumer data we're going to get here in the U.S. You, you just heard some of the data on, on housing, uh, which is great coverage. But look, we're going to get uh, personal income. We're going to get personal spending. And that University of Michigan consumer confidence number. These are really important. We've had the Omicron uh, fade, obviously. And, and so that affected some of the numbers that we got back in, in December and early January. Now, what we're seeing, at least some of the preliminary data, like the PMIs we saw yesterday, is a resurgence, an above average surprise in the data in terms of how, how quickly things have snapped back, both in manufacturing and the service sector. If that continues, it's good news for economic growth, but it may keep the Fed uh, here in play as it relates to the potential for a 50 basis point rate hike in March. That's going to be a critical issue here as we watch the data the rest of this week. Great stuff, Mr. Kleintop. Thank you, as always, uh, for keeping Thanks, us uh, based and our assessment of what's happening around the world. Jeff is the Chief Global Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab.